Hello everyone, this is Future Ben coming to you. Uh, due to technical inadequacies on my part, the first two or three minutes is uh, has Zane's audio very quiet. I had my mic on the wrong setting. If you can power through that, please do. Um, the rest of the episode is as normal, so don't get freaked out. And I'll see you at the movies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cartoncast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And this is a weird episode, uh, the likes of which we do occasionally, an unshelled segment where we are going to look at some... Oh, no, unshelled. I don't know what this... Yeah, you're right. It's kind of everything. You're going through the Cartoncast experimental period where we kind of can't even keep track of our own nonsense. Yeah, remember when... Remember, like, Blackbird and I Am the Walrus... That's, yeah. that's this for us. Yeah, yeah, my eggs are, man. Expect us to get broken up by a uh, love interest of, of some point, uh, and then uh, the entire world will hate them instead of us. Yes. Um, but until that happens, mm-hmm. we're going to do something interesting today. Uh, I'm going uh, I, I, to give you the credit for this idea. I think that you came up with this. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, sure. But uh, we've decided to go back into the early age of animation, not syndicated, but on the web. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if we're at the same volume. Yeah, level. I think this is pretty consistent. I, okay. So the basic idea here is um, the early internet, in particular the advent of flash animation, led a lot of independent artists who didn't care at all about marketability express their creative urges in a way that hasn't really been seen anywhere else. Was uh, this before youtube kind of took off because yeah. i remember there were aggregate sites like something awful and um and e-bombs world and the like yeah. uh, where people would just kind of put this stuff up they'd upload at new grounds um i would recommend a uh, video that i that i uh, saw in preparation for this episode by youtuber slush he kind of gives a, a an explanation of how new started how it was made by like some 13 year old who's like i want to make it so that i can keep track of everything um tom Fulp. And oh, that's right. Volpe. You know, the, YouTube started in like 2004, 2005, and at the time it was like, oh, YouTube's just a passing fad. These curated content aggregators that already exist um, are made by and cater pretty exclusively to the young teenage boys. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, and so, you know, YouTube only started to sort of grow and. Uh, uh, Metastasize feels like the right word <laughs> uh, into the behemoth we know it today, but at the time it was just one of many. I just realized we had it on the wrong setting. That is why yours was looking a little bit quiet. That's okay. Hopefully we can fix that. I think I can fix that in post. Spoilers. I did not fix that in post. It's, it's interesting to look back at this stuff. You know, it's... um. I remember watching an indie film uh, where the director w- was there in the theater um, and he, you know, kind of did a Q&A afterward and he said, you know, throughout film school, everyone always said you need to use this high-end thing, you need to use this important thing, but, but you know, the internet has shown us, no, you can just watch some crappy thing that somebody used on their on their phone camera. And now that the world is so saturated with, you know, uh, independent creators uh, getting monetized through through YouTube, that's kind of gone back the other way where you can just select for really well-made stuff. But there was this gleaming moment of time that we want to, to look back at where the stuff that rose to the top was not the highest quality, not the highest concept. It was just 
it was it was it was a chaotic period of hype revolution. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't really know a better way to put it than that. I think you kind of nailed it. Uh, I was a big proponent of. Uh, I was definitely in the right demographic to watch a bunch of these content things back at the time. You know, I think that there's an element of not feeling so lonely when you see somebody create a ten minute video, uh, you know, spoof parody song about Final Fantasy games and how you're addicted to them. Like, yeah, that that appealed to me. <laughs> And I hadn't really ever seen, you know, it's kind of a demographic representation almost because I hadn't seen any content that was catered to that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd seen Simpsons uh, and there would be content there that I would be like, I would appreciate the humor of, could see myself in the characters of them a little bit, but it wasn't hyper-focused. Yeah, it's kind of like how, you know, the 1800s novels that that survive and and, uh, are really well acclaimed, you know, stuff by... Uh, mostly women, you know, Austin and Bront and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Shelley. Yeah. Because they were the ones who had a bunch of time and they made stories about these, you know, intersecting kind of soap opera-y things that appealed to the same type of person that was making them. And they're so rich and, and, and uh, uh, you know, laser-focused to that. The same way, these young teenage boys made stuff that's really focused at really? young teenage boys. Yeah, a lot of absurdist humor, a lot of... Uh, Very edgy. Lot, very edgy, Violent. big edge lords, <laughs> lots of violence, some some general misogyny kind of sprinkled throughout the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it it is hyper focused. There is also a um, a sort of duality with the cartoon industry and syndication that I want to point out. You know how um, in the early thousands you had a bunch of people coming out of the early days of animation, syndicated animation, you know, Ducktales and the like. Uh, And they grew up on that stuff and then wanted to become animators. So there was a glut. And it wasn't until um, the internet kind of gave them the avenue to not have to go sign on with Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network or whatever Mm -hmm. in order to be able to create. And then it kind of, uh, everybody could kind of express themselves creatively in a new way. And and you can see this even in syndicated shows that are considered sort of like a a, a single person's vision where they do get weird and creepy and and gross. You heard The Cowardly Dog, your Ren and Stimpy, uh, South Park to a degree where it's like, okay, yeah, I can see how when you don't dilute this creative urge... A lot can happen. <laughs> Gravity Falls is a great example of that because it's it's only, you know, it's the the creative energy that uh, kind of a lot of animators had in the 2000s was sort of wasted until these new platforms came to life and allowed them to um, market their animation and like crowdfund their stuff yeah. and, and get it out there. And, and there's a refinement in the new stuff, right? Yes. Gravity Falls is a puzzle box. The stuff that we're going to watch today is very much just completely surface level the difference is that no one knew the platform so yep. they had a monopoly yep and that is that is enough to make a sub uh subprime content creation <laughs> thing Bubble. like it's, 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 it allows something like mushroom to mm. gain worldwide acclaim is if you're the only game in town it doesn't matter how bad your pieces are mm. yeah a lot of the early memes were just this <laughs> but at the same time i have a lot of affection for this and uh you know, trademark uh, trademark of our show. Got to look into the past and see what we think of them as adults. Uh, does the nostalgia hold up for something like End of Z World? Yeah. 
Well, let's find out. Um, you know, we've touched on some of these before. You're kind of like uh, like the G.I. Joe PSAs, for example. I'm not even going to include that one in this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's more also, of a C-Lab thing. We're also not going to include certain other things. We're going to try and keep our focus to the days before YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so to pre-2005 focus. Um, and we're also not going to do the stuff that then became much wider. So we might touch a little bit on Homestar Runner, but we'll save the bulk of that for another that day. That deserves its own episode <laughs> entirely. If nothing else. So yeah, uh, let's get started with... How about we start with a banger? Ultimate Showdown of Ultimate Destiny. Let's do it. Just a straight banger. <laughs> that, that's a, there's a lot in there. Yeah, so this one was 2005, and it's kind of an encapsulation of all the themes we're going to hit today. Um, so this was made by Lemon Demon, which is the one of the stage names of Neil Ciceriga, who does <laughs> internet music mashups. Oh, really? Yeah, this is the guy that, uh, oh god, he's done everything. Uh, I'll, the only one I know is Silva Gunner. Yeah, um... This one, he, he does it more uh, professionally. Yeah, less, uh, less as a meme. Yeah, go 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 listen to some of that. A uh, lot of Smash Mouth. Yeah, this is, like you said, it, it, it's an epitome of everything we're talking about today because you could read this as a love letter to uh, just growing up in the 90s. Yeah. Like, the the, incap- the the very epitome, the very crystallization of only 90 kids will get this. Yeah, only we take all of our action this. figures and we throw them all together and we make up a story and it's just non-stop references of things that we think are cool. Uh, uh, maybe not even cool, just like we're in vogue. Yeah. You know? Um, Aaron, Aaron Carter was never cool. I, I don't think anyone really thought he was cool. He was just, you know, relevant. <laughs> he was he was relevant enough. Uh, I, I certainly remember the, the, the mania over Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. You know, um, all those, like, what uh, it could, you know, what... what uh, what was the meme? There was a beard behind his, uh, his a beard. fist behind his a beard. Fist behind his beard, yeah. Like the only thing that could beat uh, Chuck Norris. I don't remember yeah, exactly he, the meter of it. He but killed God, and so, it, it's just know. a lot of bullshit. <laughs> uh, they needed someone to direct a bunch of edgelord bullshit at, and Chuck Norris was a a, a willing vessel, it seems. Yeah, but yeah, that uh, you have to tell me about the music because I I don't know much music theory. I was I was looking more at the cinematography of it all and yeah. and all the different techniques. Yeah, I mean, I, musically, you just got a, a strong beat. You've got some uh, uh, synthetic music. You've got just one guy clearly not, you know, classically trained as a singer, just breathlessly saying, like, and then this happens, and then this happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, it all flows together, but it's not, like we said, it's not, it doesn't have any of the professionalism of modern and videos. At, but at the same time, there is a distinct there's style a to it. There's a care. There's a craft. There is a care and a craft. It, it feels a lot like, kind of like a, a an open mic rap song mm-hmm. to me like uh like in like a like a kid rock or mc Chris, or not not kid rock mc chris or something like that <laughs> right um yeah or, or it's got weird owl energy it's some some some, some something like that yeah I, mean, I don't know exactly how that would map onto it but it does and and you know there is some you know when he does the chuck norris bit is when i think the music really shifts up yeah it goes to like this angelic choir in the background, and then uh, the the beat slows down a lot. Mm-hmm. They get rid of the secondary melody, uh, and he tries to do like this reverberation thing with his own voice, mm-hmm. which, like, I, I don't know, man. I 
impressive for a single person, you know? Yeah, for sure. Now, the animation itself, um, you know, is emblematic of the time where it's very basic MS paint drawings animated pretty crudely. Um, but everything is recognizable as the thing he says it is. You know, Optimus Prime, you know, that's, that's this, Optimus Prime. You're not getting away from that. I think you need everything to look kind of shitty for this to work. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it works with buildings that are actually rectangular. Yeah, it, it's like how in Smash Bros, you know, you got Mario next to Snake, and it's like, one of these is not a human. I'm yeah. not sure which. <laughs> so, someone's invading territory. It's too real and too cartoony at the same time. But I, I like all the different, like, uh, techniques that he uses, the cinematography of it all. Um, there's like that Sin City kind of moment with the grayscale at the very end, focusing on the eye mm-hmm. of uh, Mr. Rogers. Uh, there's uh, the the Chuck Norris thing to kind of reframe the whole picture. It shifts the background so that like we're not even focused on all the carnage that was happening in the previous two uh, stanzas. Yeah, yeah, and um, the, and the you know coming out of the angelic chorus, and now we're just listing a bunch of badasses. Uh, in pretty impressive lyricality, you know, uh, Spock, The Rock, Doc Ock, and Hulk Hogan. Like, that just rolls very nicely. Mm-hmm. Very, very clearly thought out. It, it almost feels like the whole video could have been predicated on, I want to say this one line. Yeah, it's almost like a rap <laughs> for, yeah, for just does. a chunk. It does. There's a poetry. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let, next up, why don't, we do, why don't we do another musical thing kind of for some comparison? Why don't we do Yata? Oh, that's right, Yata. Oh, uh, sorry, go ahead. It just occurred to me that, like, my YouTube recommendations are going to get messed up. Oh, they're fucked up. Yeah, use a a boiler account or something. I think that, I don't know, was Yata something that a bunch of people liked and saw? Yeah, I think it was big. Okay, something that we should tell uh, listeners is that, uh, you know, we are biased humans who have imbibed kind of the same content, so we don't know exactly what was totally popular at the time uh we're guessing somewhat (laughs) yeah that's fair and some of it is just going to be things that we happen to chance upon um but let's see what yata is about So I'm seeing now that this also had special thanks to Neil Cesariga, so that that might explain a thing or two. It's possible that a lot of these different, uh, a lot of these different uh, projects had similar. Yeah. You know, if if this was a later era, we would want to do things that were actually collaboration efforts, like the Woodman yeah, thing. Yeah. Everybody's helping each other out. Or uh, yeah, I think that we could actually do probably an episode on. Um, what was the one episode, the, 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 the collaboration efforts, the animation collaborations? Oh, yeah, yeah, reanimated. We can totally collabs? do that at some point. But this, this does, it does seem like a lot of these early animators kind of worked in, not in tandem, but were, like, were certainly inspired by each other. Yeah, Because I mean, like, again, this monopolized the space. They the, were all operating kind of without borders or guidelines. The early just, web portals came out of the early forums, so these people were already connected. And they were already talking to each other. Fed off each other in a probably unhealthy way. Well, so this is, and, <laughs> and were like-minded enough that like a lot of their uh, common reading material just happened to coincide. Sure. So this um, is by Very Low Sodium, who did a few uh, animations where you just you, you take a song from another country, Sweden or Japan. In this case, the song Yata by Green Leaves, uh, and this is called Yata Irrational Exuberance. 
and it's just putting a bunch of stock images to the music in a way that is uh, jarring and fast and uh, funny. There was a I don't remember what was the 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 was it Serbian song or something that not Numa the, Numa 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 yeah yeah Romanian it, it's a similar kind of feel to the Numa Numa guy yeah uh, but this is animated I I don't actually know what to say about it because it some of it tickles me mm-hmm. uh, kind of in a I don't know if I'd call it xenophobia but like foreign cultures are funny kind of sensibility yeah there was a lot of like early internet like oh people in china were using english and they translated it wrong and the juxtaposition is funny you know so you go to a you go to a restaurant and it's advertising it's taco porn or something and you're like well what did they mean (laughs) yeah or or like in the berserk uh intro sequence because they're uh because it's you know japanese people trying to say english sentences because that was very popular Mm -hmm. in the media at the time you end up with sentences like so put your grasses on nothing Mm. will be wong yeah exactly which is like I'm trying to say that without humor because I I think that saying it with the accent would be kind of racist, but yeah. just to just to express what I mean by it. Yeah. So what this does is, is take it and so so they listened to a song which was primarily in Japanese. Do we know what that song was? Yata. It's by a band called Green Leaves. They basically. They're kind of like the Red Hot Chili Peppers of Japan, is my understanding, because they just walk out and they're just wearing green leaves on front, and they do a bunch uh, of like sexy gyrations and like humorous. Like the, the the original song is also humorous. I understand. I wonder what they would think of this. Oh, who knows? Yeah. There's probably an interview somewhere. I hope so. Um, but the the conceit is okay. That Japanese word sounds like this English word. I'm going to make an animation of that English word. And then just throw a bunch of bullshit in there, and it's it's kind of too fast to process on your first go. And back then, web like visual uh, like like uh, animation players didn't have pause buttons or backward. You had to watch through it again and again if you wanted to get it. Yeah, uh, and that's probably how a lot of these things achieved mimetic status. Possibly, there is a craft to it though. Like the speed at which the jokes come at you, it's very hard to be Birdman. You can't really yeah. focus on anyone. So if some of them aren't inherently that funny like a, a, a tube of toothpaste that says yata toothpaste instead of colgate or something yeah like. that's the other thing is like a bunch of branded products with some word replaced with yata which i believe just means like hooray or fantastic yeah it's just some exclamation yeah so so that's you know tony hawk's pro yata is, <laughs> is great meanwhile with like prices right border flashing lights casino uh kind of kind of mm-hmm. stuff on the on the side and it will just be that over and over again for most of the choruses. And there is a humor inherent in absurdity, and it definitely does depend on the pace of it. Mm-hmm. There's two speeds at which you can do absurdist humor, and they are far too fast and far too slow. <laughs> right, right. So this does the far too fast approach, where they're just throwing everything at you, and you get overwhelmed, and you're like, my brain doesn't know how to process this except to laugh. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I prefer it much more over the far too slow, you know, waiting for Godot or Rosencrantz mm. and Guildenstern kind of <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like that as well. But for flash animation, this is clearly the way to do it. Um, I will say that it went on a little too far, a little too long. Yeah, a, a lot of these things did. Two or three minutes was kind of the sweet spot. There's some stuff on here that goes on for like ten. Yeah. That's kind of pushing it. That is pushing it. It depends on the art form, though, because I, I remember enjoying How to Kill a Mockingbird. Because, oh, right. Because the part of that is the, the, the story has a pace to it where it starts out in a particular place and, and you kind of have to muddle through it before it kind of goes fully off the rails. Mm-hmm. 
Um, even that probably goes a little too long, but it does require the the arc. Okay. Yeah, a lot of this stuff was stream of consciousness because, again, like, nobody really recorded themselves saying something to a script like modern YouTubers do and then, you know, crafting it and editing it so that it was quality. It was just like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm dicking around with Flash animation. It's super quick and easy, um, you know, so I, I'm also going to have the script be quick and easy. There, there is, um, let, let's just talk about the actual video for a second or two more. I think that some of the gags are pretty funny in isolation, mm -hmm. which is like, you know, like we were saying for Ultimate Showdown, like some of the verse is actually like pretty high craft, even mm -hmm. if like the overall production is very low. Uh, the joke of Ash Gala Wonderful. Yeah. Like, they say like, Ash Gala Wonderful. Like, is... I don't know what English word I can do with that. <laughs> like I'm just kind of impressed in a, um, you know... How did you come up with that? Yeah. Like, you heard this, and we're like, this is the perfect way to interpret these words that I don't understand, but are similar enough to words that I could understand. Um, Which was to take Ash from Pokemon and copy-paste him all over the screen. And Ash then, Gala Wonderful. And now it's just like, okay, this is a gala of ashes. Yeah. It's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's pretty you, good. You brought me in, sir. <laughs> yeah, so, so, like, some of it is just... You hear a thing and you're trying to... Like, I don't know if you ever played this game where you try to make your own kind of G.I. Joe memes where you'd, you'd turn the volume off of a, a thing and try to do the voiceovers yourself. Oh, yeah, classic Who's Line thing. It, yeah, it's a classic Who's Line thing. You're trying to fit the pieces that exist to some components that you have. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is done pretty well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to make art when you constrain yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for our next one, what do you what do you want to do? You want to stick on this like comedy parody train, or let's do something bad. Mm. Let's do let's do Badger Badger. Badger Badger. Zane, I couldn't commit yeah, to fast. watching the whole thing. Got through about forty seconds. I couldn't do it. So because uh, it just it repeated itself. I think yeah, it was on a loop. This is this is limited. This is this is like a quick burst of mimetic energy, similar to like a leak spin or just the first fifteen seconds of Numa Numa. Like I think it was trying to spoof the Boots and Cats way to like make a beat because oh, okay. the Badger 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 Badger, it very much is a Boots 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 Boots. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like, this is kind of a, a, a clever way of making a meme, which is it. it the beat's catchy enough, but everything about it is simple enough where the children start sharing this. And children young enough where now their parents gotta listen to it, like a baby shark, you know, and then they Baby yeah. Shark is way better than this. <laughs> yeah. So but but this, you know, the people who were young children at this time picked it up, and the people who were teenagers, you know, this was widespread enough and early enough as a meme where teenagers took any sort of memes they could get. Yeah, and Zane, I was in I was in the zeitgeist for this, mm -hmm. and even I hated it at the time. Oh, I don't think I've ever actually watched it. Like, it, I just heard it through context. I, I watched, like, three seconds of it, and I'm like, I'm done with this. Yeah, you, I get you, it. I don't want to listen to the rest of this. This is not a funny thing to me. Um, I also think that the voice for it is very... It's 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 worth considering because the voice is deeper than you would anticipate from the rest <laughs> of the content here. This is extremely simplistic. Yeah. So like, you know, there, there's a bunch of badgers. There's a mushroom, and then there's occasionally a snake. Where, like the uh, the the narrator, shall we say? It's a snake. Yeah. It's it's weirdly operatic. Yeah. 
so it 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 kind of clashes, which maybe that is part of the inherent humor in it. Is mm-hmm. like someone talking about these very simple images as though they are more dramatic. Is is kind of how I'm reading it. Yeah, the the it's not uh, sophisticated in the way that the other stuff is. Mm-hmm. There, there's not a ton of obvious effort. This is much more of like an elemental force of early internet, and it doesn't have the. Uh, it doesn't have that kind of creative spark to the Yata song because sure. it's not interpreting lyrics that actually exist in the real world in a regular way. It it seems like it's doing that, but without the raw source material of a song. Yeah, this like is... somebody <laughs> pretended that a song existed that sounded like Badger Badger Mushroom. No, I think somebody was walking through the woods and they were just like, like you know, high nat- off their ass. No, they yeah. were just nattering to themselves and like, oh, I can't get this out of my head. Okay, let's let's spread it around. <laughs> I guess so. I honestly don't have a lot else to say about it. It it frustrated me how popular it was at the time because I didn't understand the humor of it, and I don't now. Do we want to get its cousin peanut butter jelly time out of the way? Let's just do it. Yeah. It's peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Yeah, so again, you take a song, you put an animation to it. That's all you needed back then. This is weirdly more simple animation than the mushroom, the, the badger mushroom thing. This is thing. just a banana scooting back and forth. I don't hate it. You know what he's doing? He's, he's iconic. Doing, he's doing the Mickey Mouse thing, too. Where, oh, yeah. Because uh, like, uh, back in the early days of animation, what you would do is you do the key pose of Mickey Mouse facing one way, bending his knees, standing straight up, smiling toward the camera, facing the... And you'd copy-paste that first image, and now you have a dance with only three key poses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's all that he's doing, really. Yeah, and this guy is this guy's iconic. This guy's a, a gif everywhere. Uh, apparently, the, the animation is based on a song of the same name recorded by DJ Chipman of the Buckwheat Boys. Yeah, that sounds like something that would create this. <laughs> so... You know, this one kind of took off because it's so simple to parody. You know, Family Guy did this. Like, I think not even was... Simpsons did it. Family Guy did it. Yeah, that that's the generation we're catering to. I think that even at the time when I saw this on Family Guy, I had enough ire for peanut butter jelly time that I uh, decided I was done with Family Guy by extension. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> wow, like, really poisoned the broth. Well, fuck this thing. This is <laughs> this sucks. This sucks, and I hate it. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that there's absurdist humor in the in the lyrics. Peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat. I don't. Uh, that, okay, that could be anything. The it it sounds very like there there's part of it that sounded M, like MC Chris, which I enjoyed. But beyond that, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's just enough to tease you in. <laughs> yeah, the the absurdism is uh, is so um, is so juvenile that I I just. I'm done with it before basically when I yeah. the minute I start again the music enough is catchy enough to stick in your head. The actual content is simple enough that you can, you know, joke about it with your friends in school. That's they, all it needs. They keep doing like these little, um, these little flourishes in the music. They, they blank, mm-hmm. blank. They, like these weird uh, synth chords that remind me of when you get a letter in Tony Hawk. Oh yeah, you know, you, you pick <laughs> up a, a collectible or a tape or something, and it goes like blank, <laughs> something like that. Um, but I, I. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. Uh, I hate it. Yeah, let's, let's do something uh, non-musical. Sure. Uh, I think we should go to Foamy. I think we got to do Neurotically Yours. Yeah, let's let's go to some other bad, uh, or bad by our current standards. Uh, let's go into the edgy section. Let's do the, the edgy. Internet. Let's go do the edgy one. 
Uh, excuse me, he did not just say he didn't have large. Yeah, he did. Well, what the fuck does that mean? No large? Well, what is that? Yeah, that was hard. This, 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 this squirrel's just an asshole. This, this is, this is very much the, uh, the, the shock comedy. Food, yeah. The it's shock comedy. Ha hack comedy, <laughs> like. It's, well, I mean, like, it's specifically, it's, uh, it's, uh I, I don't care that I'm being non-PC. I'm better than society. Yeah, the yeah. fact that I'm rude just is, is because the, they deserve to be ridiculed. It's yeah. not because I'm, you know. So this this series is actually called Neurotically Yours. Foamy the Squirrel is a big part of it, and he does rants. This started on September 10th, 2001. Yeah. The simpler time. That's amazing. <laughs> so um, this is... Um, this is this is basically just like you you have a little animated thing. I'm thinking of Conquer, like Conquer's Bad Birthday kind it's of thing. It's a pretty Conquer design where you you take a, a chipmunkification, right? You speed up and high pitch a rant. I don't. And, I think that Conquer. Go. I think that Conquer was was voice acted appropriately. Though. Yeah. Like and and that that game, I think I would appreciate a lot now if I you know was more of a Sega child. Oh yeah. But uh, this is awful. Um, this is. Let's talk about the animation real quick. So it's a uh, minimalist. Uh, the 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 back. It's basically all about the rant, from what I can tell. Yeah. From what I'm viewing here, I'm sure that there's some sort of story. I remember looking this up a while ago that the girl from Neurotically Yours apparently turned some somewhat into prostitution or maybe or something like that. I can't actually remember the specifics of. Maybe I'm gonna look it up real quick because I. I don't want to get this wrong. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get this wrong. How dare we besmirch Foamy? Yep. Okay. Yep, I was right. Uh, she, the the main character Jermaine, uh, apparently is working through, uh, trying to. Uh, apparently, it's something about like a body positivity, uh, getting getting leered at by men kind of arc, and eventually culminates with becoming a prostitute. Uh, it's not I, a nuanced I don't have, take. I don't have any idea what that's about because the only thing that really came out of it was Foamy the Squirrel. Yeah, in the meme context, in the generally, this is what people remember from it context. Yeah, and this is you know, the sort of hacky humor type rants. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking at the the like uh, uh, related videos section of of this YouTube video, and I'm seeing tech support with a pretty stereotypical oh, Indian no. guy. Yeah. So like, this is this is not great. I do not know how how this lasted so long because it was the first chipmunk voice oh, rant yeah. thing like mm -hmm. it, you speed it up you're able to do a big rant and it's a similar thing to the yata thing you're getting hit with so much it's quick yeah. at such a fucking lar uh, hot clip that like and it's it's relatable content yeah you know Edgy like taboo we're we're at a starbucks and foamy is blasting the starbucks establishment for using italian words for their sizes mm -hmm. because he's a piggish american yeah, who doesn't understand <laughs> Italian? I'm just saying what we're all thinking. It, it, that's exact. That's such the energy. But of it's this all guy. stuff we've all like gone. It's past. so surface level <laughs> and not, not important that it just makes him look like an angry piss ant that never grew up. Yeah, and yeah. That's that's probably who designed this. Yeah. Um. Let, let's talk about the animation and the music of it. The background music is generally just some simple beat, which I think works for this kind of yeah. That's what you want for this engagement. The animation is generally. Uh, to like the, the the human characters are standing kind of pretty much straight as a board maybe like shifting their weight um and looking their gigantic bug eyes in whatever direction yeah foamy is the one that's coming in from off screen 
uh, jumping around, crawling up behind people. He's the one who's actually talking the most, so he's the one who's, you know, gesticulating a lot, which I also don't hate. Like, if that's the approach here, this is a good animation to suit it. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, like, a very crude drawings of, like, an Invader Zim, where, like, Gurr is just running around spewing nonsense, but instead of nonsense, it's just, like... He's got that staccato changing animation, like, where Zim will go, Ingenious! Now! I gotta do something else. You know, he'll go from really high energy to really low energy and no interposing animation between those key poses, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, the comedy of that one is that you can shift your mood so quickly. That's sort of what we get here. It's it's it, it is similar to an invader zim cut and like this is I mean the way they look it has a, yeah <laughs> those eyes the bug eyes definitely look like a dib it looks like a Jonan Vasquez project as mm-hmm. well so I would be surprised if they didn't have some influence from Jonan Vasquez's probably uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac is sort of the energy here as well I remember there was a uh, one comic of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac that. Uh, was making fun of dumb teenage mothers, uh, one that was uh, uh, blasting the the sexuality of uh, superheroes, like the the outfit choices of the superheroes. So, like, I think a lot of the content is probably there. And and this is... This is dark concept like suicide were discussed pretty regularly. This is the flip side of democratizing uh, artistry and and the wide audience of the internet is... You will get a lot of people who are, you know, copying or, or elaborating on some of their favorite art, and they're only really grabbing the surface aspects of it, right? When you read something or, or watch something by Jonan Vasquez, you're like, there's a depth here. There's an actual criticism that foamy is just kind of just the surface level. You're just getting surface, yeah. You're getting no context, and it. it they're, 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 they're straw manning it. Yeah, they're, they're straw manning it super hard. They're straw manning like the little things that we've all stopped caring about. It's very much an airline food thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've never liked this character. Did you ever have any exposure to him? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember friends of mine being kind of in that MySpace, uh, you know, kind of gothy, kind of emo emo trends mm-hmm. at the time which like no disrespect i kind of was adjacent to that myself sure i just never liked this particular bit of animation did you did you like any uh, of this animation in the uh, edgy sphere i'm trying to remember what other ones were um probably probably uh, i i don't think i'm immune to it i think it's just the uh the high-pitched voice and the like i don't think i'm bothered by this in the same way that i was bothered by it back then yeah the aesthetics and the content are both are, are not, both neither, problematic <laughs> yeah neither but i hated the aesthetics back then and i hate the content now yeah oh you, that, that's real growth <laughs> yeah that's good. good good for me um okay well why don't we do something good why don't we do um like a let's do madness combat sure I got a lot of thoughts. Okay, yeah. Uh, right. Briefly, what this is is a um, faceless man with ragdoll physics killing everyone. So first, first video we watch, we watch a couple just to get a breath. Um, the first one is uh, simply a bunch of combat taking place in front of like a on, like on a field in front of a tree with the chicken dance happening in the background. Mm-hmm. It's got a pretty light. Uh, tone pretty bouncy um you know some of the content is very violent uh all of the content is very violent oh conservatively most of it yes uh 
it is it is good choreography good fight choreography it's impressive, yeah. i really yeah I, I really like uh some of the inventiveness of it all like the the i don't know exactly how it would be what what it would take to kind of map this out like storyboard it all but it it feels like pretty well considered it, it's very it, it's made a lot easier you can have just more people coming in from off screen but like the dual wielding the knives and the and the pistol or whatever it looks like organic yeah and the ragdoll physics of it give everybody kind of it, it feels like a like a video game like we're watching somebody play a video game really well this or looks do a like speed run. it looks like a demo for yeah. somebody uh trying to get hired for a particular production studio oh, yeah. or or yeah it looks like someone trying to get hired at bioshocks like here here's what i can do and this one this this is kind of a subgenre. there were a lot of just like violent murdering each other videos and and you would get a you know different kinds of this uh this one was kind of more on the higher quality end Mm -hmm. i think um especially with as you say the choreography i think the things to keep in mind is how recently one the matrix came out yep uh and two halo came out i think a third thing to keep in mind is that uh although mass shootings were have been a part of our culture for decades they have not nauseated me this much until like kind of the last 10 years yeah this is i got i honestly watching the second one where there's like more of a plot of him hunting down a sheriff and like Mm -hmm. being kind of in a splinter cell assassination role it honestly kind of turned my stomach yeah it's a lot harder to deal with than like oh he's fighting he's just fighting a bunch of people in a in a nameless field in front of he's fighting jesus and jesus's zombies yeah, I don't know if it's exactly... It, it's, it's the it, remove. It is difficult to tell whether that's Jesus or just some dude who happens to have a halo and can resurrect people. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the, like, one guy taking on everybody with a variety of weapons, that's Matrix, that's Halo. Yep. Um, and, and it really tapped into that specific audience at this time. It, it makes me uh, worried that a lot of mass shooters kind of grew up with this as their outlet. You know, I don't want to... The, I don't, the I, internet's ruining our children. <laughs> more like video game violence is view. Like I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to Jerry Falwell it or anything. But, yeah. But you know, it's it is hard not to see the direct line of people who view this content and kind of laugh at it to some incel shit that is uh, gonna come later. Yeah, I mean, it's important to recognize like the internet has ruined all of us. Yeah, and, Just and in I, different ways. <laughs> I recognize I'm, I'm maybe being a little too sensitive to uh, to, it, yeah. to it because like that doesn't seem like it's the intention here. And if you're removing it from the intention, what you have is like a pretty impressive demo mm-hmm. of both physics and you know choreography. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see the um, the 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 hmm brain. This, this was sort of on the higher end of, like, a single person working in a new medium with no time or money constraints, what they were able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very clearly a single person producing this, but it's, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's flip to something, uh, I think, a little bit well, more well-known. End of the world. Mm. Okay, so here's the earth. Chilling. Damn, that is a sweet earth, you might say. Wrong. All right. Ruling out the ice caps melting, meteors <sighs> becoming crashed into us, the ozone layer leaving, and the sun exploding. 
we're definitely going to blow ourselves up. All right, end yeah. of the world. Yeah, so th this is by Albino Black Sheep, who... Is that who originally did it, or is that just that a is, YouTuber? No, that's person? who did it. It okay. was around, you know, that kind of classic 2003 era, um, where, yeah, the, the concept of just gonna make we're some fucked. shit and paint. <laughs> it was also, like, around the era of, like... When was it? When was it done? Two thousand three, I think. So like, a couple years after nine eleven, uh, the Bush era, the, where like we all kind of have given up. We, well, we 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 sort of have been like uh, there. There was in the air this notion of impending apocalypse. Yeah, where norm where previously there wasn't. Now you know, in a post-Trump America. Uh, we, we're sort of getting numb to the idea that we're just always on the verge of an apocalypse. God, I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, but back then it was kind of fresh. Yeah. So I can imagine the appeal of this as like a way to channel that that uh, that anxiety about impending doom yeah. into comedy. And it's still part of the counterculture, right? This was still a lot of older people were still clinging to this idea of the end of history, where like Cold War's over, it's just steady uphill from here. Yeah. Um, and, and the youth were like, that seems wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so this is a short uh, video, very basic animation about we're all going to kill ourselves with nukes and then some stereotype humor, uh, uh, country-based. Yeah, some, uh, some to, mild xenophobia, which is not... To help great. it go down easier, it's, I guess. It's not the worst. <laughs> no. Like, I, I've seen worse stereotyping than like... French people don't shave their armpits. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not that bad. It's not that good either. It, it seems lazy to us by now, as does yes. everything else about it. True, but let's talk about some good stuff. Yeah. I love uh, the animation is uh, is really fun. It's snappy. It's snappy. The the intro where he's like writing stuff and like crossing it out, complete with like that scritcha scritcha sound yeah. to it. That's really nice. Yeah, it's that stream of consciousness uh, creation that we that we had talked about. Yeah, it's the road of flash animations. <laughs> It's good. Like I, I can see the popularity. I agree with it. Also, the voicing where like I, I look <laughs> it up. That's an I, accent. I think this guy's Canadian. I don't know what he's trying to imitate. It's just like vague Scandinavian, maybe. I'm not sure. It, it this hockey song. Hockey. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's definitely something. I don't know yeah. what it is. We watched uh, another of his animations, uh, Mario Twins. Yes, as a bonus, we'll also talk about Mario Twins. Where, you know, it's just him talking to maybe himself. Shiggity shiggity swag. And he's just, uh, you know, he's just doing this voice. <laughs> wow. Is he also the person who did the... Um... Uh, Super Mario Frustration video? No, that that was definitely more of a Brooklynite. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's more of a jo Joey Wheeler. Yeah. But, uh, it, so, yeah, the, the, like, as a bonus content, we'll also rep in Mario Twins. Um, I like that one as well, the little intro to it, and I, I reference it pretty regularly. <laughs> Not that part, but the, uh, uh, yeah, I got it at Swanky for $2. Oh, let me, uh, yeah, well, let's see it. And then he says it, sees it, and he's like, oh. And I say, yeah, you like that, idiot. Like, that that, that line I say a lot. And uh, the notion of if two people look the same, then if you say, do you want an ice cream cone, and both of them say yes, that proves it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're twins. They, there's a couple levels of comedy in there that I really like. Mm -hmm. And then most of the video is actually um, something that we're, we see a lot in this era, which is the video game parody, mm -hmm. where it's just like a very basic Mario running with the guy in his dumb voice uh, uh, you know, doing the sound effects and music to Super Mario Brothers. Um, which, like, oh, th th this was the era, and we'll touch on some other stuff about it, 
where all you had to do was reference a video game thing and top of the charts for you. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, which makes... Let's go back to the NZZ world real quick. Uh, that makes the popularity of this uh, a little... Um, Anomalous, I guess? No, I mean, it, it's digging into something that has always been popular and fun, which is like a, a, sort of a humor of the end of the world. You know, Tom Lehrer with his classic yeah. song about everybody nuking each other yes. is this ex- basically the same thing. But the beauty of this is that you get to add some absurdist animation and anthropomorphize masses of land yes the ozone layer going away and like (laughs) you can see the yellow sphere that used to be around the earth just leaving like the homer brain leaving his body kind of thing yeah like that is very funny this is something where the simplicity of the animation uh adds to it because all of these serious things are made so much less serious where like oh an asteroid coming to hit the earth and it just like veers off like these guys have their own problems there's really good comedy Mm -hmm. uh in this um yeah, it, it is one of the cornerstones of animation that kind of, from your Tom Lehrer example, the the big part about animation is that you can tell a story and show and paint a picture at the same time. Yeah, show and tell. And doing them together, you can really see in this elevates the comedy to a level to which I still enjoy it. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, um, yeah let's, uh, let's, let's move on. I guess if we're already talking about the video game parody, we should probably hit another one of those. Sure. What are, you, um, what are you thinking? I was thinking something by Legendary Frog. Yeah, let's do Legendary Le- Legendary Frog. What so are you this, thinking? This is somebody who became very popular in the Newgrounds and, and Flash pay- Player eras um, with some very, st- what we would consider now straight putt video game parodies. You know, your your Final Fantasy, your your Legend of Zelda, where it's just basically saying everything or doing some very slight inversions. Didn't Did they do the one uh, with the System of a Down... Or maybe it was uh, not. Maybe it wasn't System of a Down, but like um, some some metal group. Uh, the uh, the the Link video. Maybe. Uh, the so Link, fill up your hearts so you can shoot your sword with power. <laughs> maybe. You know that one? Yeah, I don't remember. Go exactly check to yet. see if that's a legendary frog thing. If not, I'll go to whichever one you want. But. <laughs> Link, shoot your sword with power. Is I don't know how to. I've in. never known how to Google the Link song. Okay. Yep. That's Hallelujah. Is that legendary frog? No system of a down did not make the Zelda song. Joe Plyman. I guess so, but is it a legendary frog song? No. Okay. We'll just we'll just not do that one then. Let's do the legendary frog thing though. Final Fantasy is an RPG, the only one that I need. It's the RPG for me. Final Fantasy is all that I play. All other games are lame. It puts them all to shame. Yeah, so the, the basic idea here is um, references. Yep. Uh, it's the epitome of that thing you were saying about uh, referencing gamer culture. And that being kind of enough? Your audience, you know, the audience overlap was severe, I would say, between this this style of culture and the video game culture, as it still is today, really. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this was the time where it wasn't so saturated in the media. You, you know, you see this, um, Roger Ebert had that uh, critique of Star Wars fans where, you know, these are some awkward nerd shut-ins. And as long as they know their references, they will find a community without needing to have a personality of their own. Huh, I, I wasn't familiar with that. That's... <laughs> it's a pretty good takedown. <laughs> yeah, that's. A, I mean, like, 
that's how subcultures operate. Mm-hmm. It's the back to the representation thing I was talking about earlier. You see somebody who is as obsessed with the uh, with your um, with your uh, interests as you are, and there is just that kind of parasocial relationship that automatically forms, yeah. and that just makes you want to like the thing, even if in isolation it's nothing to write home about which is sort of what we have here yeah so so legendary frog did a lot of these video game parodies you know legend of zelda um final fantasy um and some other stuff uh, lord of the rings so i think one of the reasons people really like this one is the the authenticity right the specific references he's doing make it clear that he himself cares a lot about these games you know like oh random battles you know they're so you know they, they're ridiculous why do they happen why does this wolf have money on him yeah you know? or the final fantasy song where it's like oh you lined up all the sids in a row you doing got the a chorus line yeah and so like that is uh, uh really interesting and I, and I think that's why people related to it so hard because you know, you, you read the game magazine or you hear somebody else talking about this game. Oh, they don't they don't care about it the way I do. You it's know? it's why you put Easter eggs in movies. It's why you mm-hmm. have the Sanic uh, guy <laughs> in the God, Sonic twenty twenty. So cracks me up. Exactly. See, that's it. That's all it takes. <laughs> I'm a simple man. It's exactly that. Um, yeah, and, and so one of the interesting things about this particular style is it's it's slower than everything else we've looked at. It's it's slow and deliberate with a sort of uh, detail and craft. Not not. It's not great. It's not sophisticated. No, but it, he's got a particular view. Like it clear. It's clearly planned out. Yes. You know, it's not that stream of consciousness thing that we got with uh, the end of the world or anything like that. So like this 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 thing that we uh, watched Final Fantasy VII all about random battles. It's kind of. The six-minute video, which is really long. Yeah, back in the day. Very long. <laughs> Before the algorithm. <laughs> Before the algorithm figured things out. Uh, we have this crudely drawn cloud, which he's got a personality all his own. Like, this is not a cloud that we're familiar yeah, with. If, if there's one thing that differentiated Cloud from every other JRPG protagonist, it was that he did have a voice and a personality. <laughs> yeah. A pretty severe one, if you recall. Right. And this one is a distinct personality, which I kind of dig. He's he's kind of dopey and, and happy-go-lucky. Yeah. And, um, and it's combined with this artifice of like the like 50s documentation like duck and cover kind of yes very duck and cover kind of thing. was that also legendary frog it'd be kind of surprised me if it wasn't yeah the earthbound thing yeah the earthbound uh duck and cover we'll routine thing in a second but it's got like the grainy uh filter like it's a old uh psa from the 1950s yeah or or like the like guy smoking in a in, in, like sitting on a, a chair in a smoking jacket and he turns to the camera like oh i didn't see you there like the classic joke <laughs> yeah like um like the 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 twilight zone narrator kind of guy mm-hmm. right yeah. so so it's combining these two things that had never been combined before right or or you know what's a more common reference is the um the intros to legend of korra mm-hmm Previously, uh, you know <laughs> the newsy. Yeah, the new, the 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 movers. Yeah, yeah. Previously, on, on in in Central City, blah blah blah. Did the whatever the hell and blah blah blah. You know, it it's got that affect to it. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a clear intentionality, and uh, his voice really comes through, which I think is why I enjoyed it. Even though, you know, like while watching it, I was I I realized that like um a lot of that is just the nostalgia coming sure. in. Sure. I mean, this was something that I had a lot more exposure to that was, you know, peanut butter jelly time, everybody knew, right? Badger, badger, everybody knew. This was a bit this more was for niche. Us. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and that, that made it feel a bit more special. That's but all it really takes, you know? It's that reference, man. And you can, you can share power. with a couple of people that you trust will not make fun of you for it. And that makes it makes it very special. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than like it became popular because more effort and craft was put into it, even if it's still pretty rudimentary by our modern standards. It's it's one of the it's one of the like ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. You can't really see the personality of the person creating it. Mm-hmm. This one you can. Yeah, like yeah. Legendary Frog is a personality that you can connect with. You can see the author behind it, mm-hmm. and I think that's pretty powerful when it's something this niche. When and especially if you're marketing to people whom um, are stereotypically pretty lonely shut-ins. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, real good. Yeah. Real good. What do you want to do next? Let's do all your base. All of my base. That's that's a real old one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's just that's just Yata again, right? Well, it's it's Yata plus it's it's combining Yata with Badger Mushroom. Yeah, we've mixed up some memes here. Let's 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 pull it back. Uh, so we we have here. It's a uh, it's parody, right? It's a uh, it's parody of a it's very clearly dialogue from a game. I don't know what the game is. So this is poorly translated phrase from the opening cutscene of the video game Zero Wing, which was a uh, 1989 game, and the European release was 1992. And then in 2000, um, this chunk was uh, remixed with a techno track by. Part-time disc jockey Jeffrey Ray Roberts um, from the Laziest Men on Mars band. The remix is not bad. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's you know it's no hobbits are running to Isengard, but <laughs> the, the music of it though is is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the with yeah, the, the auto tune, the auto tune all your bass are belong to us is pretty okay. I like the intro how it starts off as just a voiceover and then leads into the actual music of it. Mm-hmm. Like this is good scene craft. Um, and, but then it then it just becomes yata. Yeah, where they're, where they're where they're taking a bunch of things with text and replacing the text with all your base or belong to us, like the prices or no the uh, the wheel of fortune the, yeah. board uh, or the surgeon advisory warning on a package of cigarette uh, cigarettes. All your base or belong to us. And and the the phrase itself has kind of ascended from this original source, where now it's just like an adventurer is you. Yeah, it's just like a vague reference. With with uh, an atmosphere of intentionality to it, but nobody can really agree on the specific meaning. This is like one of the first examples of meme culture that I could really point to. Mm-hmm. Like the "All Your Base Are Belong to Us," I knew it far before I ever checked out this video. Yeah, why would you check out the video? It, 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 the video you, itself. You is... look at the video to understand the meme. Yes, you know the cause and effect kind of shift. It's it's um, it's that it's that weird word of mouth. Uh, cult status that memes kind of draw on that lend popularity to something. Yeah, it, it's perfectly cromulent. It's very cromulent. <laughs> it's exceedingly cromulent. Um, um, I, I do find this little snippet when I was Googling this. Mm-hmm. On April 1st, 2003 in Sturgis, Michigan, uh, people put signs over town that said, all your base are belong to us, you have no chance to survive, make your time. Good. Uh, and the police chief was like, this is a 
this is a terrorist threat. We, we saw this exact <laughs> thing with Boston with the uh, with the Moonanites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we gotta talk about that at some point. Oh, we will. Well, when we do when we do the Aquatina Aqua episode, we'll we'll have to talk about that. But yeah, so you know, there's this is this is more special to me than Badger Mushroom, maybe sure. because the uh, we have a little bit of the Final Fantasy kind of thing as well because it's specific to video game culture even if it's a video game that i don't have any context for yeah yeah it's it's hitting that part of my brain that appreciates the mistranslations like it's interesting games at the time all had a bunch of this like this was very common think think about this for a second though we got the yata energy of the clip art with the thing pasted in there we've got the uh video game reference part from legendary frog we've got the um it, it, absurdist it, yeah absurdist absurdist comedy bent to it uh, and a beat and a beat yeah a, a, a beat from badger mushroom like these things are all interconnected mm-hmm. they're 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 all kind of venn diagrammed on top of each other none of them are particularly distinct or a lot of the same energy is going to all of them and i think that really shows you how specific the platform was in these early years yeah there's there's a reason so the, the there's way... only a few things that could kind of rise to the top and they hit most of these categories without anybody necessarily understanding there was no intentionality works yeah. yeah because the way that a lot of the systems worked before the algorithms were people liked it they upvoted it people didn't like it it got scrapped from the platform i mean you it copycat artistry you you see the things that are popular and you imitate Whether explicitly or implicitly, just because that's what your base of information is. It's kind of the only time I've actually seen a free marketplace of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Before people realize that it could actually be... uh... Be uh, be monetized. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It only works the if wild you're not monetizing. This, is, this it. really is the wild west of of internet subcultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let, let's let's move on. Um, what else do we have that we want? Uh, if we're gonna hit that very popular stuff, um, maybe something. Maybe maybe go back into the edgy sphere with salad fingers. I forgot about salad fingers. Sure. I never actually saw it, but uh, I should I probably check is, it out. Is that even animation? It's definitely Kojintar discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hello. I like rusty spoons. <laughs> I like to touch them. <laughs> <sighs> it's hard to look at. So I've never seen Salad Fingers before. I thought it was a... Um, I remember it weirdly from like a special track on an Aqua Teen thing where it was like <laughs> a person dressed up in salad garb hiding in a produce section in a in a in a in a grocery store oh and they called that salad fingers which maybe i guess was coming off the popularity of this so probably they were, were making their own salad fingers yeah, aqua teen feels like it came out of a lot of this yeah but um no so this is it's not it's not creepy pasta it's it's still in that like jonan vasquez vein of like yeah. creepy gross but there's something here it's absurd but not unhinged this it's it reminds me of the courage of the cowardly dog episode with the with the groomer yeah the the the, um the edward scissorhands uh or uh the yeah what's it called the the freaky fred yeah but i I don't remember what that was a was a parody of i don't know it was the the barber guy yeah barber guy what's his name sweeney todd sweeney todd that's sweeney boy yeah and this is a sweeney like figure it's also a creepy horror movie kind of guy like creep more creepy than dangerous yeah uh, almost like an edward scissorhands or um 
I think of this guy a lot like Slenderman. Like, this is a, a creepypasta type of thing, like, brought to form where it's not... There's no plot, really, to speak of, maybe in later episodes, but it's it's an atmosphere. It's an atmosphere, and it's one we haven't seen yet, which I'm, I'm happy about this, because it, it, it shows a breadth of possibility in this early space. Mm-hmm. You know, like, horror is not a thing that we've encountered yet in our in our rundown here but this is this is genuinely creepy and you can tell that they're really leaning into it with like the crackly filter over the audio Mm -hmm. and um the very atmospheric uh kind of uh ambiance yeah the the music of it is is very lilting and and you know feels like gusty gulch music from donkey kong it's really interesting because usually absurdism is done in the in the context of comedy yeah here this is clearly absurdist horror where like trying to cohere the things I'm seeing and hearing in any way other than just like I am I'm this is a bad place <laughs> yeah and um, one thing that this is reminding me of is is uh, the my anus is bleeding guy, yeah rejected cartoons which is is more of the comedic bent of the same of the, idea of the edgy sphere yeah yeah I deliberately cross this that one off because yeah, I'm just like there's nothing it's there. the same thing as this really <laughs> Um, even though I, I remember that one a lot more. Uh, I don't know who this appeals to. It, it doesn't surprise me that it found an audience because it is that edgy, this makes me uncomfortable kind of stuff. It's like the, the, the dark side of ASMR. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like all of the atmosphere, like it is cohesive. Sure. I don't think it appeals to me specifically, but I see the market for it. Yeah, we, we mentioned, you it's know. creepy dialogue. Some... It's, a, it's a weird read. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 actual animation of it shows this very decrepit, very sloth like kind of movement. This this slovenly nature to this main character. It's using the strength of the medium. It's a desolate background. It feels like nowhere, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's it's all fits to the same thing. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned earlier some of the art having just surface level. This is, like, all emotional level. It, it's a layer deeper, but it's not going beyond those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see I can see that there's something here. I can't access it. I, I can start to access it, but I don't think it's specifically for me. It's a little bit more laser-focused toward the amnesia crowd. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm not that person. No. But uh, I like it. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. Let's uh let's okay, so we got a few left saying Yeah, hit me with a couple. Okay, so we've got I, I don't know which ones you want to do. Uh let's save the professional stuff for last. The the, the Trogdor and the Bitey? Yeah. Let's save that for last. Do you want to do the how to kill a mocking mockingbird? Yeah, yeah. Let's that, do that. That, hits, to, that hits a different kind of absurdist. And then we sh- we could also do drinking out of cups. Uh I can take or leave that one. Okay. We could just do it and then maybe not include it. I think it'd be fine, too. It's long. Yeah, we're not going to watch the whole thing. The pirate's like, yeah, right. He pulls out his musket. No, wait. It was actually a gun for laser. Well, a laser sword with guns on it uh, and it shot other swords. So the pirate jumps on his burning flying shark, which takes him to his airship, which is full of cannons, missiles, and more pirates with awesome sword guns and plasma rifles. You can see the pirate logo glistening in the bright morning sun. There was a lens flare. And motion blurs. So you can really see a difference between like, oh, you know, this got through and everybody liked it because it was early and they didn't have a lot of different options versus somebody put a lot of care into this, but with the artifice of it still being random and dumb. This is very good. Yeah. Like, (laughs) this is still 
like it does have a lot of that early thousands energy of ninja pirate robot zombie mm-hmm. appeal you know there's a robot there's pirates in it um i think a lot of it is tongue-in-cheek like the fact that uh he can't decide how cool of a gun the pirate has yeah <laughs> and keeps on correcting himself so the artifice of this is that it's a kid doing a book report on to kill a mockingbird but doesn't actually read most of it clearly did not obtain and it, and it turns into making like, it up. i remembered a dream and yeah. we're gonna go with that <laughs> and so he like is constantly talking over himself like it was like and then the mockingbird was on fire but cold fire yeah <laughs> And like just trying to like make it cooler and cooler, like it's it's almost like a counter melody to that edge lord shit that yeah. uh, that we we saw a lot of earlier on. It's like wholesome exuberance. Yeah, this is like beyond the beyond the impossible levels of that, and to to the degree that like it's very clearly no, he doesn't the person writing this doesn't actually think that lightsabers on fire are cool. Right. You know, like it's just making fun of a kid whose idea of cool is pirates fighting a giant metal bird that has two heads. And you can see the craft in the comedic construction where like okay, we've gone past the like very ridiculous moment and then stop, change the music. Now we're going to talk about, you know, uh, uh, rising action and dramatic uh, it's uh, symbolism it's as if so it was good. back in a regular book report. It's like he went, it's like he he stopped, he, he like, uh, he, um, it like, it's like he emerged from his fugue state, like a butterfly <laughs> from a chrysalis and looked down at his notes again. It's like, oh yeah, and then dramatic irony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the bullet point that arrives on the screen is dramirony, so it's just like a joke in a joke <laughs> yeah and symbolism and then it says pirates <laughs> yeah so it just um compounds and then and escalates it, it's really beautifully done the arc of it is actually i would be surprised if this guy like i i feel like he must have gotten job offers after this he the, whoever did this and i didn't feel like looking this i one didn't up, feel like looking it up either um this is like next level it's it's like when you see a tv show and you're like oh this this was on when <laughs> they yeah were really how did i miss of, this this is ahead of its time mm-hmm. this is this is really ahead of its time kind of energy yeah um let's talk about some of the specifics in the in the animation what makes it good the camera work is great yes the zoom in the shifting to emphasize you know the, the comedic potential mm-hmm. of various lines yeah and when you go back to like the um the 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 tent poles of this is what the literary devices are and like the the um the bullet points come in from off screen with those noises yeah yeah classic like early powerpoint powerpoint (laughs) energy to it yeah um also a bunch of licensed music which i don't think was a like now that would not fly no like final you can't use final countdown now (laughs) but like at the time no one cared yeah how how would anyone know yeah your 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 average uh uh, business executive was not on youtube (laughs) but it's used really well too like it it starts like very hometown like it's very um uh, and then the domestic pi- pirate on the on. flying shark hits and we get techno yeah of course we everything was techno <laughs> everything was techno um yeah gosh uh if you guys haven't checked out how to kill a mockingbird it's worth a watch good luck trying to google anything about it though because you're just gonna get stuff on to kill a mockingbird <laughs> well if you do how it it goes pretty easy yeah how to kill a mockingbird on YouTube, pretty maybe. quickly yeah um yeah it's it is a long one so pace yourself yeah give but yourself it is a worth chance it. yeah uh, do we want to check out some other professional stuff? I want to do drinking out of cups first. Sure. This one was actually, I think, also somewhat professional. Like, I don't think it they, was. They meant to do it this way, but well, let's, let's look at the history real quick. Yeah, sure. Nope. Whose chair is that? Who bought that goddamn chair? That's not my chair. 
Not my chair, not my problem. That's what I say. No way. I'm glad that I watched that again. It's complex. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, it's again that um, spoken word kind of nonsense stream of consciousness thing that mm-hmm. we've been we've, we've been uh, talking about like yeah. with the badger mushroom kind of absurdism to it yeah but this one was by a professional Dan Deacon on a on an album called Meetle Mice and then only later was turned into uh, uh, this internet video and I remember at the time everyone was like oh this urban legend uh, this is just a guy ranting uh, while high on LSD. He's like in a closet. Yeah, somebody somewhere. locked him up and just recorded him. And like the audio quality belies that. Yeah, because it's it's that scratchy kind of like no pop filter. It almost feels like it was designed to become an internet meme. Yeah, yeah, he knew what he was doing. Um, some of my two, two, you know, some of my sensitivities now. Uh, sure. It, it, it drops the f bomb, yeah. f slur rather. And it also drops the f bomb, but I don't really care about that. Yeah. <laughs> but it drops the f slur, and it has some uh, uh, has has some uncharitable reads. It's there. Un- it's of its time. It's of its time. It's just kind of uncomfortable. They, they call people bitches a lot. Yeah. It's it's sort sort of misogynist that way. But I, I'm not crazy about that stuff. But the rest of it is like. It's just a lizard. We got this 3D yeah. lizard. And then, like, background clip art stuff like we had with Yata. Or, again, all of these things share the same DNA. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like a fever dream that we've all been welcomed into. You know, yeah. he says, oh, walkway. Walk me to the walkway. And you see, like, a walkway we, we with a Toy Story golem. legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sid put together. Yeah. Just, like, ambling around in the background. Mm-hmm. And you're like... I, I I can follow this guy. This guy is is evocative. Uh, something that um, my buddy Ulysses has said regularly since uh, since meeting him was uh, not my chairman, not my problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it had cultural cachet here. Sure, uh, there's, but I, I'm I'm stricken by how similar a lot of these early internet videos are in terms of where the comedy is coming from. Sure, and sure. for this one, it's like background clip art. The, and absurdism. The things that became memes were the things that were shared. And some of the things you had to share because there was no earthly way to explain them if somebody didn't watch it. Yep, yep. And But it almost became like a way to be, you know, to find your friends in the real world. Is you could say something like drinking out of cups and people would be like, oh, yeah, 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 Captain Knotts, Captain Kai <laughs> Knotts. You know, there it would be a weird shared cultural history that uh, that you could use to kind of find. Yeah, other people. You're, you're too young to drink, and this is your cultural lubricant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but let's do another uh, absurdist, hard to explain thing about lizards. Let's do Crazy Frog. Oh boy. I think I've seen enough. Yeah, so this is, um, oh boy, so the, the things that I'm seeing in research is, is a, an attempt to make the most annoying thing, you know, uh, quote unquote, and this is a, a CGI, early CGI frog riding around without a motorcycle, no pants, dick hanging out, he looks like Wario, <laughs> uh, to a techno remix of the Beverly Hills theme song. He, he looks like uh, Mike Wazowski. Kind of to me mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, this is a monsters from Ink. That that's what it feels like. That and he looks actually like pretty decent compared. To, I mean, like I'm coming off the heels of shit like drinking out of cups and yeah. end of the world and whatnot. But it, it looks like uh, it was created more recently than the other videos. Mm-hmm. So like th- this seems like an attempt, like a specific attempt to capture 
that internet meme audience of the early Flash animation stuff. Yeah, and he had, he had a couple of these different things. I don't know if this is the earliest one, but he, he's just, like, babbling in this, like, bring, bring, ring, ring, ring sound. It, it reminded me of that one episode of Ed and Eddie where he's pretending to be a car. Burp, burp. That guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's imitating an engine. Yeah. Um, so this this was all over the place, mm-hmm. um, and it's... You know, it's it's not like anything else where there's a clear reason for any of it, or or a clear appeal. We all just like it's couldn't just mu- look away. It's a music video. It's just a music video with a distinctly non-anime, music video kind of feel to it. Yeah. Like there were a lot of these that kind of, I don't know where they premiered, but like I saw them on like Toonami mm-hmm. block kind of uh, commercials. Yeah. They, they like um. I don't know. This is what MTV would show if it started in 2000. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is interstitial. This is just like interstitial weird things, uh, weird weird little music videos in between actual shows. I'm finding a a news article Mm -hmm. from October, and it reads, Crazy Frog and his very controversial dick are back in 2020. Is there actually a dick there? Yeah, yeah, you watch it long enough, a dick shows up. Oh, okay. I mean that that's fine. I don't particularly care. It's just, it's just jarring. Sure, it, like it's not a sexual being at all. No, it's not a sexual thing. It's just like remember in the original Superman movie with Christopher Reeve and you have the kid walking away from the rocket crash and is just his dick's out and they didn't bother to do anything about it because it was the seventies and everybody's dick was out. Uh, it's <laughs> an interesting take. I don't remember it. But let, let's talk about the video in in not in context of the surrounding thing. Let's talk about it in isolation. It reminds me a bit of Reboot in the way yes. that it's shaped. This early uh, uh, CGI camera rotation CGI mashup thing. It's more like you said, it's more of a tech demo than anything yeah, yeah. else. I like it. I like the way this looks, uh-huh. and I like the way when he like looks to the camera and says "bim bim bim." Like his mouth is making the appropriate sounds for that. Yeah. In the Yata video, it'd be Colin Mockery with like those um, with, South Park Canadian. with the South Park Canadian. Yeah. Uh, you know, your your head separating in tandem with words coming out in order to create <laughs> the illusion of speech. This actually looks like an organism that could exist. Shouldn't. No, no, but it it looks like a Disney creation that is inviting you into the museum. Yeah, it's like when you see a platypus lay an egg, you're like, okay, you get <laughs> you I, get one. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll allow it, but watch yourself, counselor. But I, I like the way this looks, mm-hmm. and I like the um I like the lack of plot for it. It really lends itself to the crazy frog techno idea. Like we're just here for the energy, man. Mm-hmm. So in isolation. Not in context to the surrounding medium and the intentionality. I think this is good. And a lot of music videos specifically were like this back then. You know, you think of, uh, you know, Blue Daba Dee Daba Die and there's some aliens. And it's like, yeah. it's just early CGI. We're making some shapes. I think this works really well together. Mm-hmm. This is all very cohesive and pleasant for me to listen to. I don't find it annoying. I don't yeah. know what your take on it is, but I think this is really solid. I, I do. The sound itself is annoying in isolation just because it was everywhere for like a solid three months and right. never again. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like it though. Um, let's. Shall let, we go to the good stuff? Let's go to the real good stuff. So I guess just the, the two that we definitely want to hit. Uh, let's. Maybe, maybe we should close with. Uh, let, let, let's let's do the big one next. Okay. Let's do uh, an element of the Homestar Runner himself. And I know you're all going to know exactly what we're going to say now. Kind of one of the big original hits. 
which can still be felt, the echoes of which can still be felt today. Yes. We are, of course, talking about... Trapdoor! Trapdoor was a man! was a dragon man. Uh, I was just a dragon. Uh, but he was still trapped. Some things just don't go out of style, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, watching the whole video, this is a part of uh, Homestar Runner where Strong Bad reads an email. He's asked to draw a dragon. And we get this lovely artifice. Like, before we actually go into the music video, let's just, like, enjoy the artifice of this scene where he's teaching a drawing class in his house. Yeah. It's not explained Classic at all. Classic style. We have no idea how Coach Z got roped into it. <laughs> it's just, um, you know, don't explain how he got here kind mm. of energy that I appreciate in most of my cartoons. Yeah. Like, just start in space, whatever. We'll figure it out when we get there. But, um, you know, there, there's like this... um proud of our mediocrity energy to it because he interacts with strong sad and burns up his much better much more professional version of it yeah. so it's it's almost like the brothers chad the creators of homestar or the other the brothers, <laughs> the brothers chad the, the brothers chad <laughs> yeah you gotta get an internet manifesto for me <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the brothers chap the brothers chap had um had kind of like this this notion that yeah we're kind of low budget but there's this beauty in that they had they were able to maintain the flow and the absurdity of a stream of consciousness style with professional like trained forged in fire we've been doing this for years uh professionalism and competency and i was there when you know it was starting out and i followed it pretty regularly and the markup in quality is substantial Mm -hmm. so the this one um you know part of the popularity comes from uh the the song which has sort of uh, metastasized into its own meme. I think you know, it was in Guitar Hero or something. Yeah, it's it's become pretty popular. This idea of Trogdor the Burninator with it's just a, a really shitty looking dragon with a beefy arm coming out of the back of the neck. I think you're overstating the importance of the song because mm-hmm. I think the big part of it that I have seen referenced is the uh, drawing itself. Sure. The whole, like, that looks real good coming out of the back of his neck there. Look at all the majesty. Those are the lines that get, you know, uh, that, that get repeated. Sure. Uh, there's, like, the guy wouldn't know majesty that bit him in the, if it came up and bit him in the face, that happened once. I, I am still referencing that to this day. <laughs> and the notion of a beefy, beefy arm coming out of his, out of the back of his neck with, like, those little pointing to it with the pencil clickety-clack thing. It's really funny. Yeah. The the, the, the voice acting of Strong Bad with, looks real good coming out of the back of his neck there. Yeah. It's so well put together. It's a cartoon scene. And it's not even like this is the best Homestar Runner thing. No, this is early. This, this you know, this, this is how the memes start. You know, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer quotes... Trogdor and puts a Trogdor in their episode about D&D and it just kind of builds on itself over time. There, there, there's no reason why this specifically should become internet famous, but here it is. I think that it, like the song definitely helps because it allows you to... It's that earworm. It's the earworm effect, right? Um, it's not a bad song. It's very much uh, referencing some heavy metal late 80s late 80s i don't know music that well yeah he, he, the heavy metal style it, it kind of it definitely feels like that with the screaming some of the lyrics and the 
It was totally improvised. They weren't going to put a song in. They were just like, yeah, I'm just sort of, you know, singing to myself. And then, yeah, let's put some quality behind it because that's that's the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to overstate how popular Trogdor is. Yeah. If you haven't heard of it, that's amazing. Yeah. And couple, I want to know. A couple of games later. <laughs> that's, it's pretty, it's pretty insane. Yeah. But it is, uh, that is going to have to wait for another conversation. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to do an episode on Homestar Runner on some point because there is more. There is so much more. Yeah. There is so much more lore. I'm really interested in the character of Strong Mad. Um, <laughs> and I just, I, I want to see, I, I want to be able to dissect more of this at some point. So we'll put a pin in it for now. Sure. Um, a couple other things that we should get to are, um, did we want to do Final Fantasy VIII Plus? That's sort of... So now we're kind of veering off the main path. And uh, the stuff that we've talked about so far, to the best of our knowledge, is the stuff that was widely circulated and very popular. I want to go into some other stuff that is maybe not as well popular, and I don't have any concept of whether it was kind of just in our wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um and and so we're we're kind of veering off the beaten path in that way. So, do you want to do Final Fighter Final Fantasy A plus? I watched it last night, so it's really up, up if you want to. Um, let's do the Final Fantasy A plus thing. So I wanted to, to jump into this one, Final Fantasy A+, because it's one that I remember from those Flash Player days, and it's it stuck out to me, one, for its quality, and two, because we kind of see um, the, the same stuff that we've been looking at through a different cultural lens. So, you know, a lot of the uh, parody, the video games, the, the adaptations, this one's actually done by a, a Japanese creator. It's all in Japanese, it's done like a subtitled anime, and it's really good quality. If it takes... I may, it shows that it was not done by somebody American. Because... <laughs> somebody using Flash it's, or, or, or like crude Flash. It has a lot of uh, the energy of anime styles that I'm familiar with. It has that moe shit. It has got uh, it's got some of the um, what what is that? What is like the weird little doll things? I can't remember what they're called. Uh, this is like a very popular style. Chibi? Yeah, it's got chibi stuff. It's got some chibis. It's got some chibi stuff in it. It has like some what I would consider pretty JoJo's animation takes. Yeah, so this is a Flash cartoon submitted by Mouse Clicks in 2004, and it was made as a final project for his high school Japanese class. It's very good. Uh, I... So maybe maybe it's not uh, by a Japanese person per se, but it's clearly... It's influenced by anime styles. It's influenced by yeah, obviously see, Final Fantasy. Yeah, you mentioned you saw some JoJo's references. I saw in there. I saw a JoJo's bit where he's like pointing toward the camera in like a hyper dramatic fashion. Um, seeing those like do 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 kind of things in the background would it, not be out of place. And in the genre of video game parodies, this was one of the most highly regarded. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's quite good. Um, Something weird in the video player that we found just now is that it's, like, sped up in awkward places in the music so that it can avoid copyright disenfranchisement. But I think in the original, it just used them because, again, they didn't care. Yeah, it used audio clips from the games because, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) why not? And it feels like a—it really is a love letter to those video game stuff because it uses the dialogue boxes from FF7 and the sound effects— from attacks, and I think I detected Mega Man sound effects in a few Probably of those places. Probably a couple. So about the plot itself, it's it's really, like, it's good as its own. It's good as uh, an anime plot, and it's good as a high school assignment, like. <laughs> yeah. 
really buttering up the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the conception is you got you know some early Final Fantasy characters, uh, fighter, white mage, black mage, and uh, they're they're practicing against their homework, and they're the the mages are teaching their fighter friend like. You gotta practice the homework if you want to do well on the test. It's very cute, and like the idea of the person writing this, uh, handing it in to a teacher who is the villain of the piece, is yes. very funny. Yes, saucy lad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very, it's a very cute thing to do. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much more to say about it though. Yeah, it, it's one of those just sometimes it's not just because there wasn't anything there. Sometimes there was quality stuff on the internet mm-hmm. back then. Let's uh let's go to the let's do let's do that Ark and Kerrigan thing. Oh yeah, that, that's also Ark legendary. And, Ark frog. and Carry, yeah. Is that it? Just a straight up legendary frog thing? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was like cross pollination with other internet creators or anything. Yeah, no, this is just kind of a this is just kind of straight uh, comedy. Let's do the Carry's Big Invention because that's the one I remember. Sure. Have you got the trip off yet? Ooh, that! I already got that off. It was easy. I'm doing it again. I'm not having problems. I almost have it. I'm working on it. What finger trap? Go away. Shine definitely came off the apple. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's parts that are good, but this, this really reflects some of the stuff we were talking about earlier. It's, it's a slower, it's sort of one person trying to make a TV show on their own. Yeah, that, that's what I like about it, is that it definitely does feel like a sitcom. It's got a lot of sitcom bits, sitcom pacing. Like the notion of... Uh, I don't ask what Kerrigan does on our free time, and it like family does guy Family cut. Guy cut over to her like pronouncing a chimpanzee and like a stuffed rooster married or something <laughs> like, and just keep walking, okie dokie. Yeah, but but you can see that he's still relying a lot on the video game humor in you know as much as he can to kind of move things along and, and to provide that connective tissue, mm-hmm. and you can still see like cares a lot like like he's one of us you know when yep. when somebody puts the brain helmet on and you can see what they're dreaming and it's a character moving like and using the techniques of a specific character from soul, soul caliber yeah and you can tell not just the game but the character she's using yep. <laughs> it's yep, yep. like okay yeah this guy it, it's not even that he did his research it's that he's been living in this <laughs> exactly and so like a couple of things uh Ark and Carrie are characters in this. Um, I think that they're that's our. I, I think that Ark and Kerrigan are StarCraft characters. That sounds familiar. I think that I'm pretty sure. This is like their chibi versions. Yeah, like these are like uh, alt alt high school AU kind of oh, versions yeah. of them. Is is what it Before feels like. Before that became all the rage. Mm-hmm. And I like the character designs. I think they're I think that they're cute and cohesive. They they look like a a friend group. To yeah, me. this this just needs to be like. This just needs to be faster. It needs to be faster. It needs smoother animation, but like it looks good. Yeah, look at look at not Tifa right here with the, the, <laughs> the there. There's a character named uh, what was it Senya, um, and and she looks very much like Tifa, but like all the facial expressions, like the the half lidded eyes here with like the the face of apprehension and like the hand to the like they're they're in poses that are. This is a very legendary frog style. Everybody yeah. kind of like moves fairly inorganically, like very. Um, uh, stop motion. Stop stop motion e or like I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it's, it. It's it's interesting. Like when he does the um, video game parodies, it's like at his skill level. Here he's kind of reaching beyond his grasp, and I respect that. Yeah, I respect it too. And I I like the craft of sitcom cartoons, so I like this a little bit more than maybe most people would. It certainly doesn't fit neatly into the meme aesthetic that we've uh, grown and love, but um, I like it. 
it's uh it's definitely showing its age though yeah uh, not not at the least of which is because the sound quality and all the references and you know it, it's it's of its time yeah for sure um, that's pretty much everything I had until our finale. I was thinking Haloid might be a good one, but I think that's too late. I don't like, even, later. Than I don't even know it. Looking at. I don't even know it. So let's just go to our our finishing. Let's type. go to the finale. So the last thing that we wanted to mention is something that maybe slept by, uh, fell by the wayside. It uh, was late. Part it was in the later years of this era we're looking at, mm-hmm. um, when some people were really skilled at it and they were they they wanted to show off. So this is actually. Um, Bitey of Brackenwood. It's yes. made by Adam Phillips, who like was an animator. He like did some work for professional studios, like even a little bit of Disney stuff before doing some independent work. And it shows like this has a lot of Disney energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think is really fantastic about this is that he doesn't merely create a short. He also crafts a world and a cosmology to 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 facilitate it there's like this story of this sentient rapscallion this calvin he's a satyr he's a satyr but he's like a a trickster he's a prankster um he's he's a real gruff so-and-so this character of bitey and he exists on a world that is largely without sentient life yeah i mean it's it's what we're gonna watch is wordless stories told through expression and a beautiful world um and beautiful music yes and Um, this is this is very much the craft before anything else yep let's see it fuck dude (laughs) yeah it's pretty good when a professional does it wow yeah so this this um much more professionally done series of videos uh, about Bitey of Brackenwood, um, about a, a uh, satyr, uh, sort of this mischievous character. My brain went to like little bunny foo-foo, like he's picking up the field mice, bobbing him on the head, he'll get his comeuppance later. <laughs> yeah, or like a Loki, something mm-hmm. something in that vein. Yeah, yeah, sort of mischievous thing. But he's like a problem child with some pathos, so like uh, it also kind of felt like Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes sure. a little bit. Um, but, yeah. but the real reason that this was attractive at, in its day and is still impressive now is the uh, uh, capability of the art form to produce m- movement. Yes. Yeah, this is... Um, it uses a bunch of different tricks that I've seen in places, um, like a lot of the shading with all the trees and the, and the, and the lighting playing off of the water. Yeah. It's, it's pretty top-notch. Like that opening scene in the UU... Um, with like the, the the water falling into the lake on mm-hmm. a moonlit night, and you see the, both the water movement and the sparkling of the lake, it's incredibly well done. Yeah, like and even looking at this ending shot here with the moon in the background and like the different like the filter layer, like the the, the gradation of the moonlit night as you move from left to right. It's just so impressive. I, I was taken the by... The squeeze and stretch. The squeeze and stretch. This is clearly someone who's forged in the Disney formula. Yes, yes. Um, and Jiggle it's... physics for that little fat sack <laughs> character. Yeah. It has so many like actual animation techniques. It's not like this weird rubbery animatronic shit that we got with Legendary Frog, who was more of an amateur. Yeah. This is professionally done. Yeah, and the music and sound effects really uh, contribute to that. So we saw the the um, you know the first video. The, he's picking on this like little lumpy creature, and he moves it, and it moves moves and it sounds 
like those old volleyballs from gym class, right? Like, yeah, yeah. When he bops it on the head, when he's like, uh, yeah, it's 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 like those Voight uh, uh, dodgeballs mm-hmm. sound effects, and then that comes back in the end when he gets kicked, which is very nice. Um, but the UU, which is where I re- remember most strongly this this coming from, uh, this was this was like his magnum opus, as far as I'm concerned. Well, he wanted to have a uh, uh, sort of a theme for the character, and he was inspired by a lot of Irish. Uh, uh, Irish like folk tunes, and so he uh, commissioned the Pogues, which is a uh, uh, that sort of band to do this for him. Yeah, and so it's this an original inc- work. It's an incredibly good. Uh, it's an incredibly good musical score, and it's probably playing now. Is my guess. Um, yeah, I, I remember this so vividly in my brain that like I I will never be without this. Yeah, it's it's a song that I will always be able to bring to mind. <laughs> and and it's it's great the way that uh, telling a story without any words. Um, watching this character jump around, have setbacks, have temporary, you know, thinks he's gotten the better of it, but oh no, he hasn't, running away from the it's problem, very tackling cat- it head on. The cat and mouse of it is extremely fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, like a Tom and Jerry. Yep, 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 yep. But but uh, a lot smoother. Yeah. And like also like the scenery, the like the craft of this is that he's created his own verdant planet. Mm-hmm. Like he's created his own D&D campaign and now he's filling in with characters. <laughs> and unlike most scenes that you're familiar with this is a wilderness like this is not a civilized place it has like a quote-unquote person yeah but that's a that's about it most of it is like this wild unknown and it really contributes to this feeling of exploration and that's harder that's a more advanced technique yeah with with basic stuff oh i can make rectangles boom a city people can talk yeah this round shapes a lot tougher yeah yeah Go check out his whole catalog because this bitey, the bright, the bitey of Brackenwood stuff is like you shouldn't sleep on it. It's really good, and it, it's really good if you want to see like a single animator flexing. Yeah. So, on the whole, as we're wrapping this up, you know what? Th- there was a lot of high points and a lot of low points to this retrospective. How do you think the game has changed since then? So it's it's different basically because of the platform is is accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know that you don't need professional equipment. Microphones and cameras are cheap enough that you can anyone can do the base level stuff um, in terms of getting into the animation game. It's all about yeah, like podcasting it, is today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, like it it doesn't require a professional recording studio or like. Um, very obscure knowledge and craft in order to do this stuff anymore so anyone can play which means i don't know it it probably means that you need to have a but the market is also wider right everybody's kind of in on it everybody watches their own channels and and yeah the algorithm takes care of a lot of the guesswork you're not mm-hmm. you're not seeing what uh, uh is just on the front page highest rank thing because that's going to be informed primarily by the bulk of the audience which was these young men um, you know, who, who had nothing better to do and were very internet-focused, now you can kind of form your own bubble, and it's a lot more uh, um, self-serving. The way I can think of it is, like, we used to have little villages of uh, little subcultures. Like, the, the Mushroom Mushroom people were their own kind of, like, little village. There were still a very minute fraction of the people you'd interact with, but it, you could still find people who had been from this village. Yeah. Now what we have is, like, the big content creators are kind of like their own cities. But the little content creator, like, you know, Super Eyepatch Wolf. Sure. He's got a huge channel, huge following. Mm-hmm. He's like a city. But then he'll shout out these little villages like, hey, if you want to see somebody whose only YouTube channel is all about 
people who uh, post incredibly weird content on like these role-playing servers. Yeah. You know, the, here's a channel all about that, and the, it's really well curated and organized. He like points out little villages that are still like the people who create them probably still have some income from that. Putting it back into the evolutionary perspective, this is much more of a of a swamp. Um, just a lot of rapid change and turmoil, and everybody can see what's at the top. Everyone can yeah. see the lily pads that everybody else is floating on top of. Um, but there's just a lot of creative process bubbling underneath. And if you if you if you hold your breath and stick <laughs> your head down with the right goggles, <laughs> you can find the gems. Yeah, there's I, gems in swamps, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they're for. I got so close to a cohesive metaphor. I think it's I think it's close to that. I mean, like the thing to note is that there's still good stuff from this era, but so much of it is mired in the context of the age. Yes, and by, by the nature of this retrospective, we are looking at the top, and even then, because it was appealing to different people, a lot of it hasn't aged well. Yep, yep. Um, but anyway, that was our kind of webtoon retrospective wrap-up. A flash player suite. Yeah, I mean, like, well, it wasn't all flash player, was it? Yeah, I mean, this really? was all, all of this stuff was made in flash. Well, there you go, then. It's it's what uh, sparked the genre, and flash, you know, died recently, so it's it's a uh, it's appropriate so, timing. Yeah, this is our Viking funeral pyre for uh, flash animation. Um, let us know if you like this, and if you have suggestions for us to do it again, uh, give us some recommendations for old uh, old kind of stuff. We I think we hit a lot of the high points, a lot of the big name yeah. flash animation stuff, but I'd be. I'd be interested in looking at more of them. Yeah, and we can we can jump forward five years and look at the early YouTube stuff. You know, your Brody Quest and your Cyrenek kind of forgot kinda, about Brody Quest <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah, it, we'll we'll have to do we'll have to do more different kinds of uh, more different kinds of episodes on on just that sort of uh, on those subcultures. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed this a lot. Um, yeah, uh, we we don't know what's going to come up next. Uh, I'm very excited to show Zane a particular episode of a, of a show today at some point, so maybe that'll be up next, but we don't know. But in any case, uh, if you like us, you can go to our Facebook page, you can go to our website, cart- uh, cartoncast.com or fancybat.com slash cartoncast. You can check out our content page there if you want to recommend for us other Flash uh, other Flash videos or other shows that we should check out that we've been sleeping on. We'd really like to hear from you. You can go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating or review. Um, give us a five star rating, please. You can go to uh, also uh, Wax Nostalgic Network, uh, where I host the Watchtower with my buddy Gary from the Saturday Morning Rewind, and um, we have a really good time there talking about Justice League, the old cartoon Justice League. So uh, if that appeals to you at all, we do an episode by episode rundown, and it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also appear on the Lost Omens podcast in the Professional Casual Network. And it is a lot of fun as well. So if you're into Pathfinder 2nd Edition, that is a game of which there is a podcast about, and I am on it. <laughs> ben, ben, ben is uh, uh, minimizing his own contribution. He is a fan favorite character, and oh, I, I stop. recommend listening into that and give it give it a little time for them to If you to like orcish janitors, boy howdy. Boy howdy, indeed. Um, yeah, and we're we're in the experimental phase right now, so anything weird you want us to cover on Cartoncast, let us know. Ben, what should we ride out on? What kind of what kind of music? Do we have any anything weird of this time? Link, here come to-